You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 268, for the week of Wednesday, the 12th of April, 2017. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our main event is a chat with sculptor extraordinaire, Joe Menner. Good, sir. Hello. How are you? Good, actually. Good, good. What, what's all, been all happening in Benland? School holidays. Hooray. Uh, okay. Hooray. Yes. <laughs> Time at home with children all Yay. day. Yay. Shop, Yay. Shops are uninhabitable. Yay. <laughs> they are, actually. It's, it's yeah. kind of revolting. So <laughs> I usually... I, I build up this bank of uh, movies and things like that and TV shows and I, I try and exhaust them in the morning and then in the afternoon, you know, just put something on that I know that they're going to watch and uh, <laughs> buy myself some some peace. But, uh, oh, it means that while they're watching movies and stuff, I can get things done and spend some time on on the computer and whatnot. I've been thoroughly enjoying some of the uh, Facebook groups that you and I belong to and the various goings-on. The ones that you're not banned from. <clears throat> the ones I'm not banned from, yes. Yeah. I've been banned from one for a while, I have to say. I've been quite good. <laughs> Just I'm thinking if I've been banned from anywhere lately. No, 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 all good. I haven't insulted anybody's collection by mentioning, you know, uh, uh, characteristics from the Marvel wiki page. So Actual facts, yes. Actual facts, but- yes. I mean, <laughs> you know, crumb forbid. So, but I, I am amused by some of the online antics. It's uh, it's a uh, uh, it's a really interesting place. Some of these Facebook groups, like some of the groups, are so good, and there's some really great people. And when folks sell stuff from their collection, you find that um, people who get to know you tag you in on things, which is really cool, and, and bring stuff to your attention, which is just great. Like it's a it's a pretty fun community. But then you've got the other side of it where you just shake your head and, you know, you ask for a postage quote and someone comes back and says, yeah, that's probably going to cost you about 30 bucks. And say, like, yeah, I post a lot of stuff and no, it's not. <laughs> so, hey, you know, uh, you need to bring that price down or we don't have a deal. And, you know, when that person sends you a message and says, oh, hey, someone told me that you're interested in some SH figure arts and I was just wondering if you're interested in this figure. And I go, oh, yeah, how much are you asking? Oh, I can do you an absolute deal for 160 It's like, oh, that's really awesome. I appreciate the deal, but I'm also part of that same group that you are and you offered that guy 140 So <laughs> just wondering what the extra $20 gets me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So it's uh, it's very polarizing. Oh, uh, I think day, it's you know. yeah, it's just a uh, eBay for all of its um, you know, whatever is a bit more regulated, right? Looking people, yeah, uh, and, and the it's, it, I think that um, 
the kind of Facebook or just, you know, social media marketplace type thing, you know, you, you get what you pay for really, in yes. terms of your experience, right? And it's uh, like we um, are – there's a buy, sell, trade page for our housing estate. Um, and there's also ones for the ones around us. And it can be quite handy, like if you want to get rid of a – piece of furniture or something. Oh, yes, yes. Um, you know, and it's more, I don't really want money for this. I just want someone to come and take it away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the one in our, for our actual estate is very well behaved and uh, organized. But one of the ones you know, nearby, and it's just because I think there's not really a mod for it. But yeah. it's just it's just kind of feral, and people end up arguing and slaying at each other. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to just unfollow this one because um, <laughs> it's like anything. People just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a bit like that. It's like those people who are and just if you get to add an extra three dollars to cover the cost of the box and and the wrapping uh, and I, uh, no, 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 because you know if you buy toys and you're like me. You've got that really big box in the garage that f- that's full of little boxes and you've got that garbage bag that's full of bubble wrap and, yeah, I just don't feel the need to give you any extra money for that stuff. So, <laughs> no, no. In fact, uh, one of the groups that you and I belong to, um, I noticed a, a guy posted a message and said, hey, I got a box from this person. And yeah, I saw I was, that. I was having a really good look and it looks like before that it came from such and such and before that it was from such and such. <laughs> <laughs> people just reusing the same boxes over and over again. So <laughs> that's enough. good value. Good value. Yeah. yeah. So what's been happening on your side of the world? Oh, just um, trucking along and, you know, dealing with the normal things that families deal with. And um, <laughs> I seem to have a, a few weeks in a row working here at home, which is exciting. So, um, yeah, so that's all good. It's school holidays uh, here in Victoria as well. And so um, the family have had a week uh, here, but then Mrs. Scotty and the Scottettes have gone off for a week. Um, So I've actually been getting stacks of work done because um, it's a busy time of year in what I do. So I'm just like, right, you know, with, you know, less commitments and distractions around, I'm just going to, uh, do more things. Um, I was making some training videos um, at at the moment, and then there's one of the like screen capturing things that I uh, was doing that has an action and then it has a timestamp on it. And so oh, I was doing yes. the whole thing, and I was nearly done, and then it said message sent at eleven eighteen p.m. and I was like, ah, <laughs> maybe I'll have to do that again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, <laughs> yeah, so that's about it for me. Um, so the main event for this show is that I had a uh, great chat with um, Joe Mena, who is actually our first return guest. Yeah, um, too, yes. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we've had, uh, like, guest hosts and things that have been on more than once, but in terms of an actual interviewee guest, it's the first person that we've gotten organized to have back. Um, and it was a very uh, fluid, unstructured, really informative chat that we hope that you enjoy. Um, and Ben and I are going to come back with some feedback before um, the show finishes. But right now, you can listen to Joe Mena and Scotty uh, talking. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to come up with something fancy to say, um, you know, instead of just talking, and then that's all that came out, like, you know, shooting the breeze or whatever, but it's just <laughs> talking. You, you, come on. I mean, you're ma- mainly talking about dollies. Let's, let's face it. <laughs> talking about dollies. <laughs> Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack, the Lexor 7 armed with Kryptonite? Will the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle. Activate Ram. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Hey everybody, Scotty here. We have a very special occasion for the Action Figure Blues podcast uh, this episode, which is our very first return guest, uh, and it is none other than sculptor Joe Mena. So Joe, welcome back to the show. Thank you very, very much. I'm really honored to to be able to participate. Oh, fantastic. So Joe, um, just for people that may need a refresher or might be new, can you just give us a little bit of background in terms of uh, the main stuff that you do and who you are? Yeah, I'm a, a collectible, collectibles and action figure sculptor. Um, I guess they fall under the same ages, but that that's what I do. Uh, my main uh, medium is uh, uh, digital sculpting. So I use ZBrush mostly uh, and uh, some other programs to affect the, the work that I create. And um, I've been doing it for about, I've been doing it since about really 2006. So I'm going on 11 years now, and um, I've been sculpting for like 30 years, professionally sculpting for like 20 years, and um, 11 of that being being in toys as well. Uh, so um, I had come from a classical uh, background, studied in Russia, and I never thought I'd be doing digital sculpture. Mm-hmm. I was forced into it by necessity at my old job, and then, um, you know, just to keep my job. And then one thing led to another, and then here I am sculpting toys digitally still, um, 20 years, well, 11 years later. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So I, I uh, discovered you um, when I was collecting Bowen Designs stuff and your amazing Captain Marvel statue, um, which I reviewed on the show um, a long time ago. Uh, made me discover who you were and look you up and start um, having conversation with you. And we interviewed you, or just checked, on episode 82 of uh, in September 2013. So, wow. I know. Good grief. And so we're, we're heading towards 300 now, which is pretty insane. Um, and uh, it's taken us that long to invite you back. So, But we've been chatting all this time, so it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 a shameless self promoter, so I'll, I'll, I won't say no to anything, and I'll also usually approach other people and say, "Hey, guys, get me back on the show." <laughs> it's all good. And so, if you're kind enough to do that, I'll take it. <laughs> so see, I'm honest. It's it's good. It's good. So you we before we started recording you said that a lot has changed um since the last time that we spoke. So what have you been up to in most recent times? Well, I'm what I meant more was how the industry has changed. You know, when I first started out, I was one of the I was one of the earliest digital sculptors in the industry. I mean, you had Gentle Giant who are, you know, a megalithic, you know, entity within the community as it is. And then you had a few other independent sculptors. Now, 
what a lot of people don't know is before collectibles and statues and all this big argument started a long time ago, you know, uh, five, six, seven, eight years ago when this argument was going on, that the toy companies like Hasbro and Mattel, they'd been using digital stuff for like years going back into the, you know, 2005, 2006. So what was new to the toy, what was new to the collectibles world wasn't new to the toy industry. But that being said, like even like four years ago, the kind of sculpture that was being done for collectibles digitally was, um, that was like on the cusp of this revolution of detail that has um, invested itself in the collectibles market. If you look at the kind of stuff that Sideshow is doing and some of its competitors are doing, and the level of incredible detail that they're getting with digital sculpting, um, it's just phenomenal. And a lot of it has to do with guys with like video game backgrounds or video game techniques, um, which are different from just direct sculpting techniques, all kinds of different texturing abilities and all kinds of abilities to make microscopic, rep repetitive detail all over the place. Mm. Um, that's, that's not something that was really pro prolific or omnipresent when we first talked, you know, four mm -hmm. years ago. And now it's just, it's just everywhere. Um, it's I, I think from the collector point of view, I know that when digital sculpts first started uh, happening for collectibles, that some people turned their nose up at them. And I, I would say maybe in a few of the early pieces um, that I saw, I felt like you could tell the difference, but certainly today, from my untrained eye, I would not be able to differentiate um, between what was traditionally sculpted and what was digitally sculpted. Like, look at that! Look at that! Will Harbottle Thanos that Sideshow just came out with. Mm. I don't know if you got a chance to see that, but that oh, thing gosh, is yes. just oh, that that is it's just beautiful. I, I mean, got the chance amazing. to see the price tag. Ah. Yeah, I'm sure it's a lot, but I mean, all the stuff. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm talking Sideshow just because I do some work for them and I'm friends with a lot of the sculptors that work there and I'm a big fan. Just as mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of DC's work, I'm, you mm -hmm. know, I work for DC. I've been working for DC since 2008 mm -hmm. um, as a freelancer. And they have guys like James Marsano and uh, David Giroux and uh, traditional sculptors like Jonathan Matthews, um, traditional sculptors who have gone digital like Jack, Jack Matthews, mm -hmm. uh, great toy sculptors like Irene Matar, uh, you know, just, they have a, so Eric Sosa, mm. huge state of like, you know, giant talent mm. there. And like Sideshow's got like, you know, like Will Harbottle, Matt Black, um, uh, just, there's, there's a lot. I don't, mm. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to make the mistake of omitting anybody by yeah, yeah, yeah. being confused. So, because they're um, all listening, you know, Joe. They're all. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know if anybody's gonna listen, but I mean, just guys like <laughs> you know Michael Woodring and Steve Schumacher. There's just so there's so many great guys working there. And then you know what? What another part of the community that people don't tend to understand is that when you see something that's done by a sculptor, it's also uh, drawn by um, a concept artist mm. and art directed by an art director. It's really an. Uh, um, it's really like an ensemble yeah, of yeah. talent that puts these things together from the very first concept art to the final prototype painter. You know, it's, it's, it's a team. So the sculptors get a little more credit than, not that than they deserve, but I think there should be equal focus on other aspects of the team.
yeah. when um when these things are presented. And Sideshow does it. Sideshow gives you a full credit list just like a movie. And, um, I really appreciate that, particularly as a reviewer, um, because as I've become more aware of the processes, I'm aware of the other people in the team. And it is, uh, I really like that Sideshow gives that full credit, and I would love to see other companies do that. Because particularly with toys, like with statues, the, the sculpture always generally gets credit. But with action figures, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of companies that don't give any credit. DC Collectibles has started doing that on their action figures, but I'd, I'd say they'd be close to one of the only ones that does it consistently. Yeah, DC's given me box credit since day one, and they've been very, very gracious in that capacity. Um, you know, uh, and I, 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 I've been fortunate to work with nothing but great companies. I've worked with everybody just about. I haven't worked with Mezco or, or, or NECA, but I've worked with McFarlane. I've worked with DC. I've worked with Diamond. Um, I've worked with General Giant. I've worked with Sideshow. I've worked with Tweeterhead. I've worked with um, uh, Hasbro, Mattel, Fisher Price. Um, so Tweeterhead is a company people. that Tweeterhead is a company that I've become really interested in because they're doing some uh, really fun and different things. So what have you done for them? Something top secret that I can't oh, talk about. Okay. And I'm not Shh. being facetious. No worries, I understand. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. I'm working on a new line that they're developing, I guess, or a different kind of line. Yep. But one that's very exciting and um. You know, there it's um, it's always a challenge to learn how to work with a new company. Mm. But uh, Chad, the owner, is a great mm -hmm. guy, and he's very gracious. And uh, you know, I'm having nothing but a good experience working for him. Um, haven't done as much for some other companies lately, but it's just because I probably didn't call them up. There's only so many people I can fit on the schedule at once. Mm, like you know, absolutely. I have a non-disclosure situation where I can't talk about my day job. Mm. But I but I can say that I do have a day job, and that kind of limits the number of of pieces that I can do, you know, at, at a given time. Um, so I try to strategize what I do. Like I try and work on the big, super detailed piece, and then work on maybe some lesser detailed piece or cartoony piece. Even depends, you know. Like when I did the Nickelodeon Ang and uh, Korra statues for Dark Horse, you know, or or Rocket Raccoon for. Uh, General Giant. At the same time, I'm doing like a more detailed piece for another company, and then like maybe doing some like just fill-in work for other companies, like bases and stuff like that. Hmm. So I kind of like structure my workload in tiers of like complex tiers of complexity, and then that way I'm able to keep my kind of cash flow consistent um, because they they dovetail into one another. Um, oh, and ho hopefully, I don't over over overburden myself. Because, you know, health, as I get older, stress-related health issues become a reality. And I have had some of those mm. um, that I've had to cope with. Mm. And uh, I, I think it's a lot of it has to do with just over, over not being greedy. Because it's not that I don't take these jobs because I'm worried about money. It's more like I'm worried about, like, well, shit, excuse me, shouldn't have cursed. Oh, um, you can curse you, it's all good. Uh, all right, well, shit, you know, like, if I don't take this <laughs> job... They're not going to come back. There's always that fear. It's like, shit, of if course, I don't take yeah. this job, they're yeah. not going to come back to me or they're going to go to sculptor C, D, or F. Mm. And F is going to do a great job and then they're not going to need it back to me. So mm. it's like, it's kind of a catch-22. Like, 
But all, but when recent recently, I've had opportunities to work with maybe one of the biggest companies in the history of the planet, and I told them that I was too busy on two separate occasions, and they responded positively to that rather than like, "What are you talking about?" Um, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and like you know, so hopefully I'll have an opportunity to do something with them in the future. Hmm. But um. So- so I wanted to ask you, uh, because we talked more about a kind of larger scale collectibles the last time that we spoke, and since then you've been doing a fair bit of action figure sculpting. And so I wanted to ask you what is different, if anything, about the process of sculpting uh, an action figure um, digitally as opposed to a statue? Well, when you work with an action figure, you have to think about things like playability and functionality, and um, there's a lot of engineering concerns um, that you deal with as you're sculpting it, ideally. Um, sometimes you get what's called a buck, which is a ready-made figure, mm. and you kind of, you that, that's a pre-articulated blank figure that you still have to sculpt into, and uh, it's not just decorating it. Oftentimes you have to re-sculpt the body, re-sculpt the heads, re-sculpt the you know, the anatomy and, and armor and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, so there's that element of, of, of action figure sculpting, which is something that is new to the digital end of it because back in the old days when I first started sculpting stuff, I was sculpting stuff completely from scratch. Like if I did like the giant Solomon Grundy or Deluxe Lex Luthor or the New 52 Parademon, New 52 Nightwing, those figures are all sculpted from scratch with joints that I built under the direction of my art director, hmm. you know, and, um, there, I, I, I prefer to do it. I prefer to do it that way because I have more control and I can really, um, guarantee that the client is going to get something that moves the way it should, that bends the way it should. Hmm. So there's that challenge. But when you're sculpting a statue, you have a lot more time in my experience. And, you know, you've get a couple months to really put the attention, give the attention to the piece that it deserves at that scale. Not that you don't give the action figures the attention they, they deserve. You know, not, not that you don't give them the attention they deserve, but just six inch figure re- requires less than something that's going to be, you know, 24 inches, 18 inches tall. Mm. And, um, so, and there's, there's a lot, it's just, it's a different process. You have different, um, you're working with your art director, you're getting direction. Fortunately, my experiences have been with doing the statues is that there's been very few changes requested of what I do, um, other than like if there's a design change. So uh, I've had nothing but really great experiences, like not just Sideshow. I did the giant Judge Dredd for Pop Culture Shock, the quarter scale Judge Dredd for Pop Culture Shock. That was a great experience. Um, and uh, as the industry changes and these, these other statues come out with more detail and more complexity, it challenges me on both levels as an action figure sculptor and a statue sculptor to raise my game, improve my game and, and stay current with the, the technology so that my stuff doesn't begin to look all washed out and low, low level detail compared to what the other artists are doing. That's, that's, that's my big challenge right now. Hmm. So with the action figure sculpting and you mentioned playability and joints, etc. What is it like? I don't understand the technology that you're using. How do you predict and manage that digitally? Because I know as a a collector, I, I've definitely seen an improvement in terms of 
figures doing what they're meant to do um, as opposed to, you know, you get this lovely looking figure out of the box and then it can't stand up or it, you know, those things that I used to think surely somebody, you know, would have realized this when they were creating it, that the head's so heavy that it's never going to be able to support its own weight or whatever. So what, what sort of tools do you use to manage and predict that? Well, I think, you know, if you get a master traditional sculptor like Jean St. Jean, or uh, like, you know, formerly working traditionally, Dave Cortez, their action figures, you know, I'm sure work perfectly. Oh, yeah. um, but like for me, digital is all I ever knew. So the way I learned was when I first started working for Hasbro and I did the Ironmonger for the first Iron Man film, I did what I thought was correctly done in terms of engineering. And they printed it and they sent it back to me and they said, what do you see? And I was like, well, shit. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't move. It's, Hmm. it's totally locked in. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't get this thing to move. And then I learned that I needed to make the clearance for the joints and I needed to make the rotation points. And so what I do is I have software that allows me to like look at a pivot on a hinge joint and actually rotate that hinge joint and see if there's going to be a collision. And if there's if there's a collision, it allows me to subtract material from the, the, the offending part so that, the, say, the knee will, will, will bend properly and not, not collide with the thigh, but actually, you know, kind of uh, meet with the, with the thigh properly. And, um, and then I did it again. I had to, there was a voter's choice figure contest, and I did the Red King from World War Hulk. Mm. And um, it never got made, but they mm. made a prototype. And it was the same thing again. You know, I sculpted this thing and it was just, it was a mess. It would, it was, everything was frozen and locked in and they were grace, gracious enough to allow me to make mistakes and learn from these mistakes. So Hasbro was like my ironing out period. And then I don't know, you know, by the grace of general Zod, (laughs) yeah, I got to DC man and I just started making action figures and everything worked out fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's so fascinating because it's something that has, um, you know, obviously if you're traditionally sculpting, then you've got it there in your hands and you can see how that works. But I was wondering how that worked digitally. Yeah, well, you know, you can rotate everything, look at it from all different angles. You can, you know, inspect things. I have an engineering program called Freeform that I use to mechanically inspect things and add draft and check rotation and stuff like that. It's kind of an old program. Um, but it's just still a very expensive program. Mm. Um, it's not as nimble as like Freeform. I mean, uh, ZBrush rather. ZBrush is my sculpting application of choice. I do like 99% of my work in ZBrush. Mm. I do a certain amount of work in Maya and a little bit of work in Freeform. Even though Freeform costs more for me to maintain every year than all my other programs do. But they're very, very gracious and... um very accommodating like if, if if it's hard for me to make a payment or stuff so i'm not, you know they're nice to me i've been friends with them for, forever well, that's good so i can't I'm, i can't complain i'm not complaining about the cost i'm just saying it, it is it's just it's it's a tough one to, to carry but it's a necessary one for me because i'm so primitive compared to all these young aces that do this stuff with just snapping <laughs> their fingers I'm still uh, chopping chopping wood in the backyard trying to make a log cabin, and they're just like pressing a button Jetson style in the house <laughs> unfolds. 
So you said before that you made you made your own joints. So like you you you've designed your own uh, joint structures, or there's no templates. Oh for no, that or, uh, no, no. I mean, you know, the art director would say, you know, give me a hinge joint here, give me a ball joint here, give me a pivot joint here, just like okay. that. You know, yeah, it's, got it. It's pretty industry industry standard stuff. Not anything yeah. like exotic. Like, okay, we're gonna make this triple hinged elbow joint that bends in three places, you know, like nothing like that. It was all <laughs> simple. Uh, that, I, I was thinking when, when you said that, I was thinking about the um, original Marvel Legends Luke Cage with the articulated fingers. I don't know if you ever saw that. I, I never don't... articulated fingers, thank Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't think it worked very well. Um, the But it was – you know, they were super articulated, so they had like you know double hinged feet and double hinged fingers. And yeah, I remember that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Some people love that. Like I, I'm not a big uh, action figure poser. I think mainly because my fine motor skills are pretty terrible. Um, and so the like for me, I'm more concerned about I want it to look nice, and I just want to be able to pose it and have it stand up properly. And I. I never loved the early Toy Biz Marvel Legends because I thought they were so um, articulated that they didn't look like actual humans. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's a taste thing, right? I could be wrong, but I think General Giant does a lot of their stuff now through you know Diamond Select has all the the what is it the Marvel not Marvel Legends are they called Marvel Legends though they're called Marvel Select Mar- Marvel Select is the Diamond stuff yeah they're, they're different yeah. lines Marvel Legends is Hasbro yeah yeah well oh yeah Marvel Legends still making Hasbro I mean Hasbro's still making Marvel Legends forgive me but I think the I like the Diamond Select Marvel stuff better and um I just I I I I think that it's it's just got a different kind of presence oh it's mainly, beautiful beautiful yeah I, I don't I'm not saying they like it better it just appeals to me more. Um, well, it's a it's a different price like point. It better, but, yeah, it's a right? different yeah. price point. So there's it's a detail a level that um you don't get with Marvel Legends. Although it's definitely Marvel Legends, I think with digital sculpting is really has improved a lot. Particularly the um, head sculpts, like you know the female head sculpts and that sort of thing, which often at the retail end, you know, you don't get high detail or or pretty stuff. But they're doing much better in that space. But I th- I think General Giant does a lot of those. Okay. Um, it might be. I'm just guessing. I, yeah. just, uh, I think they. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I haven't worked for General Giant in a long time. I don't have any inside information, but as I, I think that they they do a lot of Marvel Legends stuff just because um, I've seen some of their sculptors post. I've done this figure. I've done that figure, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. But um, I like the I, I like the Mattel um like the Legends of the DC. What are they called? What's it called? The DC Multiverse. Yeah, I like the DC Multiverse stuff. You can see I'm not really up on what the latest action figure lingo. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, what 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 the brands are because I don't really buy. I don't honestly. I don't buy any toys because I get so many samples. My house yeah. is so, <laughs> and I'm and I'll take them. I'm grateful for them. But my basement is filled to capacity with stuff, and it's just like the only the only toys I bought myself recently. I bought myself a Luke Skywalker Return of the Jedi. No, Luke Skywalker, Empire Strikes Back, um, black figure a little while ago. And I got the the DC Multiverse uh, Dark Knight figure that the Four Horsemen did. Okay. And, oh, and then I got a really cool box set that Hasbro did. These were like 8-inch or 9-inch fig- figures. 
I got C-3PO and BB-8. It was C-3, it was Force Awakens, C-3PO with a red arm. Cause it reminded me of this old like Ravel model kit from like 78 that I had when I was a kid for some reason. <laughs> and maybe it wasn't even Ravel. It was some other company, but it was a C-3PO. As soon as I looked at this, this C-3PO, I could like smell the glue. And I was like, <laughs> I was remembering what a mess I made of the old model kit. So this yeah. was like, no, this was painless. There's things that you buy, like, you know, on impulse and really later on you look at it and go, oh, why did I, what am I going to do with this? Why do I have this? But it's just like, you know, when you see it at the time, you're like, oh my God, I have to have that thing. Like, um, I'm like, Amazon to me is deadly. I, I buy like thousands <laughs> of dollars worth of graphic novel collections every year. I've got Omnibuy stacked upon Omnibuy that I will never in my lifetime get to read. Yeah. Like I just, I just got the... So I just got the Silver Age Teen Titans omnibus. I got the Silver Age World's Finest omnibus. I got the Silver. I got the Bronze Age uh, Justice League omnibus. I have. I've. I have still have my X Men Uncanny X Men Volume Two omnibus that I still haven't read. Wow. Ecstatics, Fantastic Four, Captain America. Those are just the. <laughs> those are just the omnibus. Then I have yeah. like. I just bought all six volumes of Akira. I mean, I'm never going to read it. It's like <laughs> I just bought all six volumes. <laughs> but I have to have it. <laughs> I, I've managed to cure myself of that because I uh, was, you know, hit a point where I had, was still going to the comic shop every week and buying stuff and bringing it home and not reading it, um, partly for time and partly because, I don't know, I just kind of modern comics are not, you know, for me. Um, and so then I jumped into, I'll buy, you know, collections of things, you know, old things that I loved and whatever, but then they started piling up and finally, you know, when you got kids there going, feed me, feed me, it's, you got to decide somewhere. I just thought, well, my entertainment budget needs to go to toys because that's what I love. And um, it's a, it, it was a hard habit to break. Um, but once I broke it, now I'm, I'm cured. <laughs> See, you know, for me, I, I can, I can, I, it's, I, can, I, I, it's legitimately like research material. So I, I, yeah, you know, I mean, I can count it as, you know, I can count incorporate it into my business. And so, you know, I don't go overboard. I've like, I'd I, I, a lot of times work for research. I'll buy films. Mm -hmm. I'll buy, uh, yeah. Like I have to buy movies sometimes. Like I did a Legolas from the, <laughs> I did a Legolas for general giant for the Hobbit. Yep. yep. And, um, you know, I bought the Lord of the Rings films. I think I, um, I had material to look at, but I bought the Lord of the Rings films just so I could see them in motion and look at them and stuff and get a feel for it. And, uh, same thing working on, like I did some bases for diamond for the nightmare before Christmas. And I bought the movie and I looked at the stills and, you know, not that I shouldn't have had the movie to begin with in my collection, but, um, <laughs> You know, yeah. you, you you still buy, you still, even though you get research material, it's always like a nice supplement to, you know, get, get course, your own because, yeah. because you kind of feel obligated that you need to. Tim Bruckner, I think, said something really profound um, about toy sculpting. He said, anytime I get a new character to sculpt, I make myself fall in love with that. Some, I'm paraphrasing him, but he said he makes himself fall in love with that character because he's obligated to do that in order to realize it to its fullest potential for the fan that's going to buy that and mm. and you know i wants to honor the fan by by honoring the the truth of that character and that's what i try and do if, without sounding pretentious no not at all i think that you know we're very fortunate that there are people like yourselves and um 
that that do uh, take that care because you you know you can tell as a collector you can tell when uh, you get something something where they don't fully understand the character um, and some of the you know I, and I don't it's hard to know sometimes how much of that is the uh, art director how much of that is the the sculpture etc um, but there's times the factory. Where, yeah, true, true. And, you know, we know that there can be detail that's lost in that space. But, you know, there's times where you look at some things that are just that clang and think surely that wasn't a like deliberate decision to do that differently. It's just carelessness. Um, so, no, we appreciate that. Yeah. And then also, like, there's times where, like when people think that just because you have assets given to you, um, by assets, I mean, like, say, a scan from a movie or a model from a video game. And people think that just because you get an opportunity to work with those, that it's automatically going to be a, like an easy ride, and you just repose it, and it's going to look just like the character from the movie. Mm. And I, and and those are actually some of the most difficult jobs to realize, um, because of the 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 these models weren't designed to be used in this way, and it's it's like it's like reinventing the wheel, and it becomes really not tedious, but technically very challenging to say take a like a monster character that's in a neutral pose. And pose it in a very dynamic pose, and mm. then re re costume it, and all that stuff. Um, you know, like so. A lot of times, you see on the box, it'll say "done from" you know files from the actual film and whatnot, this and that. And that's true, but the artist that's worked on it has gone to very extreme lengths to make sure that that fidelity hasn't been lost through the translation of it into a statue from just like a neutral movie figure. Um, mm. Oh, it's, it's just a side. It's a side thing. I don't mean to go off off. Uh, no, you're good. There's no topic. We said let's just chat, so it's all good. Right. The, so I wanted to ask you. You mentioned before the uh, Hasbro fan poll um, figure you did that that didn't get made, um, and and we were chatting recently online about another project that you're working on that looks like it was canceled, which I'm devastated about. Um, what percentage of stuff that you work on? Um, over time, never sees the light of day. Plenty. Mm. Plenty. Wow. And then not from any one company. Yeah, I mean, yeah. across the board. I've, I've worked on stuff for um, many companies that has, has never been realized. And and it's that's just the nature of the game. I yeah. still got paid, and I yeah, got yeah, paid well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and they weren't made for good reasons in most cases, honestly. You know, whether it's the financial reasons or um, engineering reasons, you know, practical reasons, hmm. um, it might be disappointing to see. Um, well, you guys don't. I mean, I don't mean to say, mean to say it like you guys, but I mean like, you know, most people don't even know that something existed and didn't get made. Yeah. Uh, behind when it's so far behind the scenes, but sometimes when something gets announced and then it gets canceled, I know it's a bummer. But usually the reason that the company canceled it, from my experience, is that it just winds up being too expensive to make the product. It's not because they they just say, like, we don't like this anymore. But mm. it becomes impractical for the company to actually make it because they'll probably lose more money than they'll earn in, mm. in producing it. Mm. I mean, it's a so. speculative business, isn't it? You you put something out there with the pre-order model, and that that's not just statues. That's, you know, some companies with their... Uh, action figure modeling, like you know, cost modeling, based that on uh, previews, orders, etc. If they're kind of going direct to to 
uh, market. And so if you can see in your modeling that you're not going to make enough money to actually uh, break even, well, that's fair enough. You know, it's a, but you've got to put it out there in order to see what the interest is. Um, but I was just thinking about that from the, uh, the sculpture perspective, because obviously it's disappointing from the collector perspective, but when you've actually invested in creating it, I was wondering, you know, what that experience was like. My most disappointing experience wasn't even working for any company. As at one point I had the opportunity to, um, get the judge dread license from rebellion. That's Ooh. the publisher of, of 2000 AD. Um, and, uh, that was just based on their familiarity with, with my work. And they were going to give me the license for nothing. I just needed to take care of all the manufacturing costs and then, you know, give them some back end stuff and whatnot. But so I had a partner involved and who was the person with the money, not me. And we were going to go ahead. And then we decided not to based on some advice from uh, a, a senior friend in the business who had some experience with the property and said that it was a it was a it was something that was not going to make money for us hmm. and we would get we would get hurt. So we wound up not making the project. And um, that's my biggest regret. That's my only regret. I also pursued the Elric of Melna Bonet license. And I was negotiating with Michael Moorcock's uh, representative, his agent. And uh, he was going to, I had an opportunity, I had a, I had a manufacturer all set to go. Um, I had uh, designs presented to Michael Moorcock. I don't know if you're familiar with Elric. He's like this white albino, he's this albino uh, fantasy character along the lines of he's like the kind of template for that Drizzt from Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's fantasy okay. stuff, like Lord of the Rings yep. type stuff. Yep. But um, but anyway, so I I uh the guy wanted too much of a minimum guarantee. I offered him like X amount of dollars, and he wanted like twice X amount of dollars, and that was just not feasible. Mm. So like those those are the biggest disappointments for me. I mean, other companies. It's they're the ones. It, I don't have any skin in that game. I'm just getting yeah. paid to make something, and yep. you know, I there there is one that I can't talk about. That I, this is really interesting to listen to, isn't it? There's a thing that I can't talk about that happened. It was really, no, there's one that I can't talk about that happened. And it was that was particularly disappointing actually because I thought it was a really cool line. I was really proud of it, but um, it wound up demonstrating to this particular company that I did it for that I was a reliable vendor resource and therefore they started giving me more work hmm. and um it worked out pretty well so hmm. it's well, always like yeah part of the good. journey and it makes good internet as well you know like this whole articles and websites dedicated to toys that you know got never got produced and uh that sort of thing it's all all part of the um mythos of the the genre but for everything that goes away, every, something better is going to come along. I really think that that's true, you know, because the companies are always trying to direct their resources towards giving the public the best products possible. And so if something disappears from their product line, something better is going to come in short order to replace it because mm -hmm. that's what these, I don't, I don't know a single company that doesn't do anything but care about its fan base, like unbelievably i i don't know a single company that's like you know f them we, who gives a shit about this <laughs> who gives a shit about that i hear nothing i hear nothing but like what do the fans want what's going to work we don't think mm. this is going to work with the fans all companies that i know and work for are are fan centric 100 percent hmm. that's no bullshit 
Mm. I, I think that um, social media has definitely helped companies that have the will to really engage with that base. Um, and you know, you can you can predictively, you know, work out for some things, you know, what's going to be successful. Um, you know, Randy Bowen did a fantastic job um, of surveying the fan base just for things like, okay, we've got this. Remember that? Yeah, we can do it this way or that way. What do you reckon? Because he knew that he had the audience there of the people that were going to buy the stuff. Look how primitive the internet was back then, but he, mm. he had his forum. Yep. I mean, he was there and then he switched over to uh, 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 Statue Marvels mm. and he would, he would do his surveys and like, what do you guys want to see? And if enough people picked A over B, he would do A. Yeah. I mean, he was brilliant in doing his Smart. field research that way. Smart. And, you know, he hasn't been making stuff for a long time, mm. um, but um, hopefully he comes back because Randy, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he, he's like the godfather of this business, mm. you know? Mm. He, may not well, have, he may not have made the first figures in the industry, but I think he popularized the industry in a way like nobody else did. Mm. Uh, and, and certainly in terms of engaging with the fan base, um, I think second to none in just that, you know, willingness to get in and and deal with the great unwashed of the you know self entitled fanboys that can be um, somewhat unpleasant sometimes, um, and the but but to listen because you know I think a he really cared and b it made good business sense that if you know there were two different versions of a particular character and. You know, a poll says 80% of people want this version. Well, that's the one you make. Right. I think that some car- companies are carrying that legacy in a, in a different way. Like if you look at DC Collectibles, um, you look at Kevin Canary getting up on there, Jim Fletcher, and some of the other art, art directors uh, getting on there and, you know, doing product launches and unboxings mm. and things like that on the DC Collectibles videos. I think that's cool. I think sideshows... Um, uh, Sideshow Live that they do on Facebook is really cool. Mm. And um, I think I saw they did their first Instagram Live, which was neat too. Mm. But, um, well, yeah. now, speaking of live things, this is the th- one thing I wanted to ask you about before we um, finish up. You've been doing a lot of Facebook Live um, tutorials and just uh, chats and that sort of thing. Um, and that seems to have kind of taken on a bit of a life of its own. H- how did that you get started with that? And why do you keep doing it? What do you enjoy about it? When it first started Facebook Live, I thought like, holy shit, look at this. This is a great way to, um, you know, connect with people who do what I do, who dig what I do, or maybe who just like the same things that I like. And so I was like, okay, here's going to, you know, I figured this industry has been really good to me and I want to do something in return. People always talked about doing uh, tutorials and I thought about monetizing them and making like uh, some type of gumroad tutorial thing or something like that. But then when the Facebook Live stuff came out, I was like, you know, I'm just going to put it out there for free. Hmm. And a lot of some toy sculptors got really pissed at me because it was all toy centric it was all like how to get into the toy industry and i did tutorials on sculpting tutorials on digital sculpting tutorials on marketing yourself tutorials on studying anatomy tutorials or presentations on on uh you know um articulation all kinds of stuff and then it morphed into like me just talking about kind of motivational stuff sometimes tony robbins-esque pseudo tony robbins-esque bullshit (laughs) You know? pseudo and a pseudo Anna esque. Wow. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then it just, it, be, it, was, it was like, you know, and then, and then I was starting to take them on the road when I went to Comic-Con or I went to like the ZBrush Summit where I had these revelatory experiences and I just shared them with my friends. And mm. and now when I do them, I delete them immediately because I become self-conscious. I think that they're a little bit narcissistic and, and self-serving. <laughs> But I enjoy doing them. I enjoy, I have like a small core kind of group of people that happen to tune in if they see me on and, and we rap back and forth. And I get some like surprisingly like big people in, in like the film business. And then I get just beginning sculptors. I don't mean just, I'll get, I'll get everyone from, you know, top dogs in the, in the film industry to people who have just picked up clay very recently and, it, and I think it's wonderful to have this community of friends that I get to engage and um, and share uh, stories, tips, mm. tricks, emotions, um, experiences with. I think it's a great um, thing that you've done because it does build community. And I think when we build community, it's not people shouldn't be threatened by um, that that you're giving away secrets, etc. Because the more that we build the community, I think the more opportunity. Um, there is, particularly in this industry with the, you know, the advent of digital sculpting and printing and the ability and crowdfunding and the ability for um, people like uh, Boss Fight Studio, um, you know, to get really serious money um, for lines going without having to align with a major producer, etc. Like we all win from that. Right. And one more thing, um, building on what you said, ne the next level for this, for these videos is going to be like brave and the bold. Um, <laughs> Facebook now has Facebook now has you can add a person live feature. So I'm going to wow. if I if this if this works out the way I think it is, I think it will. I'm going to start interviewing other sculptors who are willing in the in the in the in the whole between toys and video games, whoever. Whoever's willing to spend like 20 minutes with me, I'm going to start doing interviews with them live on Facebook. And tonight, this is uh, April 9th, so this is already passed by the time you know this gets on the air. But if it works out, tonight at 8 o'clock, I'm going to interview G my buddy Gene St. Jean. Uh, uh, who has also been a guest on our show. Exactly, right? Yeah, but yeah. you know, I just think it would be like really cool to just interview other toy sculptors and, and video game artists and film artists and just say, how did you, know, how did you come to this? What brought you to this passion and, and how does it drive you, you know? It's fantastic. I, I One of the things that I really enjoy about what we get to do on the show is to give some um, attention and recognition to people like yourselves because, you know, we, we uh, get the benefits of what you do um, every day when we look at our collection and yet, um, you know, a lot of the – you know, for, for every Joe Mena and Jean St. Jean out there, there are other people, you know, that don't really have that kind of name or recognition. And I think it's important. Yeah. And I think there's a bunch of, of really talented, super talented sculptors that are better than me who are out there doing crazy, crazy kick-ass stuff. And there's, there's sculptors that are, um, uh, you know, Caleb Neffs and James Marsano, Daniel Bell, Will Harbottle, I already mentioned, uh, Matt Black, there's, there's, I, the list just, Steve Lord, the list just goes on and on of, they're not new sculptors necessarily, but I mean, just, you know, um, the level of talent in the industry now is towering. Hmm, uh, hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's daunting to, 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 these guys are like titans. They're like Kirby celestials. 
That's how big they are. You know, and I, I, I feel like I feel like one of the Eternals just looking up from the mountaintop saying, what, the, what am I supposed to do with this? So, <laughs> now, see, before least, we wrap up, um, yes, anything in particular that you are working on at the moment that you wanted to um, spruik or talk about? I do have a Cthulhu resin kit that I've just um, handed off to my friend Jason Wires, who's www.jasonwiresproductions.com who is the leading prototype painter and, 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 and 3d printer independent in the, in the business. And he's going to produce this resin kit for me and we're going to try and sell it, uh, through Facebook, through social media. Awesome. You know, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Joe Mena sculptor, uh, Joe Mena underscore sculptor, um, on Instagram. And then on, I'm um, art. You can just Google me, Joe Mena art station. And I pop up there. And the, the resin kit will probably be available through those venues. And if we're friends with me on Facebook, it'll, you know, pop up on there. I don't have an art page on Facebook, but um, I'll make the AFB guys sell it for me, too. <laughs> we sure will. It'll be our pleasure. <laughs> Just uh, kidding. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah. Um, look, it is always a pleasure chatting to you both um, when we're recording and just uh, online. Um, I think, you, you know, you're one of the most genuine guys in this business and it's always a pleasure. So thank you so much for making the time to uh, chat to us. Thank you so much for having me as a guest again. I really appreciate the support. You've been nothing but a great friend and a great um, source of encouragement. And I just really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Joe. All right, Scott. Take care, brother. Ah, the father and son road trip. Just a little imagination and you're good to go. Desert highways, scenic vistas, overly active wildlife. Did they just build a souvenir stand that sells extra hair? Nice. Yes, when you build together, the possibilities are endless. So, gentlemen, hold on to your hats and start your Lego road trip today at buildtogether.com. Well, we hope that you uh, enjoyed that, and it was fantastic to talk to Joe. Uh, and I, I would really recommend that if you can get onto uh, his Facebook page and have a look at some of that Facebook Live stuff that he's been doing, um, that would be great. He mentioned while we were chatting that he was going to be doing some uh, chats with other sculptors using the, the Facebook Live platform, and subsequently he did actually do that chat with uh, Jean St. Jean, who is a friend of the show and another guest that we need to have back. Um, and uh, we shared that to the AFB Facebook page. So if you want to have a look at that, um, that was a really, really good and informative chat. And huge thanks to Joe for being with us. And thanks to people who have been giving us feedback. We haven't been kind of as structured and organized with uh, including it here, but we've got some lovely feedback for this episode that we are going to uh, read out, and Ben's going first. I am indeed, and it is from our good friend Patrick Giannopoulos, and he says, I totally love the Marvel Legends retrospective episode. Well, I don't know, totally loved. I mean, you know, I wasn't on it, but anyway. Um, <laughs> that was an awesome trip down memory lane, uh, but Marvel Legends are a total spin-off from the Spider-Man classic series, much more than the X-Men movie figures. Uh, he also went on to say the <laughs> the random guy from Canada really loved his Metal Gear solid figures. He almost made me want to go out and find some for myself. You guys just keep pumping out the great episodes one way or another. 
Well, thank you, Patrick. Yeah, and the the random guy, of course, was <laughs> our good friend Peter, who um, sent us a that clip a little while ago, actually, for a rainy day, which we used last week. And he's actually got some other ideas of um, some segments that he is going to put oh, together cool. for us as well. Um, and that's a good opportunity to remind people that we do uh, accept solicitations of listeners' picks. So if you've got something <laughs> that uh, you uh, would like to review, um, keep it between three and five minutes and uh, send it as a audio file to podcast redaction figureblues.com and as long as um, we can understand you and uh, it's not super boring um, then we will uh, include it in the show and we would love to hear from you indeed yeah and that's also the same address of course that you can send uh, emails to or offers of gifts and money um, that would be you know much appreciated um, the other things that you can do of course is find us on Facebook on Instagram on Twitter, hey, you know what else? We Uh-oh. reached, we reached, we crossed over three thousand Twitter followers this week. Oh, holy dooly! I know. Wow, that's yeah. pretty impressive because I don't think I'm even one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're too cool yeah. for school. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not much of a tweeter. I'm, I'm still old school Facebook. I'm still catching up with the new, the new fangled stuff. True, true. Um, the other thing that we got this or in the last uh, couple of weeks was a new uh, five star review on iTunes. Yay! Hooray! Yay! Yay! And uh, this is from GEV, and it's actually on iTunes UK. Um, uh, thankfully, there's a great little service that uh, sends you uh, when you get a you can sign up for when you get a new review. Because no, I'm not going through all of the different country iTunes um, just to check <laughs> uh but um gev said great podcast oh the the top the subject line was great news views and reviews very catchy gev mm, mm. and he said great podcast i started from the beginning wow people are so good um and now about to listen to episode 100 oh, cool. so he's still in the pre-eddie era yeah yeah true yeah, he doesn't even doesn't even eddie wasn't even born yet um yeah. It makes my journeys to and from work pass by. I'm a one six and one quarter scale collector myself, mainly hot toys, but I find this so entertaining and it's even got me into some smaller scale stuff. Keep going and thanks. Excellent. Thank you, GEV. I love reviews like this, that this person is going to hear us reading out their review and thanking them for listening in about 12 months. <laughs> well, if you remember, um, Peter, our chap that um, did the review last week, he actually was kind of similar. I think he it was like around 150 when he came on and said, oh, I'm going right from the beginning. We were like, yeah, oh, you're, yeah. you're committed. So he's yeah. caught up. Yeah, he's caught up. I suppose you're sitting on the train and you're listening to one a day. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, I, I um, discovered a new uh, tech podcast that um, I really enjoy, and I just uh, finished today kind of uh, i just caught up today um you know and it's kind of like oh because <laughs> they're like about 20 minutes or thing and so i can listen to kind of two each way to work um and then the, the kind of finished in and i was like oh what's happened where's the next one it's like oh uh, well, I've caught the, up. <laughs> uh, yes it's the whole tv binge isn't it where you uh, watch totally. three seasons in three weeks and then uh yes my wife gets very disappointed when she says, well, you know, where's the next episode? And so, like, well, we have to wait. So what do you mean I have to wait? It's like, well, <laughs> the next season hasn't started yet. Yeah, but I thought yeah. you would, you know, you bought them and say, like, yes, but we've watched but- every disc. You <laughs> now have to wait until, you know, September. But, 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 
<laughs> so yeah, I should probably learn to space things out. Well, I think some things I find are like just really watchable. You know, like I yeah. don't I actually with you know, let's say like the Netflix Marvel stuff, um, you know, I actually have not found that uh like or forget Iron Fist, but the um <laughs> the other the other stuff, they're they're very dense and I don't find it the kind of thing where I can just sit and watch ten. Um mm-hmm. because, you know, the there's they're just the the way the storytelling is, it's you kind of need to chew on each one. Whereas, yeah, there's other things like the West Wing or whatever, where if I, you know, if I I can end up sitting there and watching that forever, like, um, yep. so some things are just kind of binge worthy, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, like the AFB yep. podcast. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I just finished listening to S Town, which is the new uh, podcast from the people that made Serial. Ah yes, and um, that's very binge worthy. Um, mm, mm. I was set, but and they actually released those all those episodes at once. It wasn't like the weekly thing, but there was only seven. And um, when it was over, I was like, "There's this giant gap in my life." <laughs> that's right. I'm used to them being part of my life every day. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, yes. isn't it? The yeah, like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, hey, anyway, we're we're doing a podcast, not just talking. So, oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, toys, action figures, articulation, mm. uh, um, uh, clamshells. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and uh, uh, punchy hands. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you same time next week. Right. Um, bye-bye. Bye. Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, The Pop Culture Superstore, Bam Kapow, and Davy Boy's Toys. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening.